The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. This is how I am. This is what God gave me to work with. I'm going to make it beautiful because it's mine. What kind of world would it be if every homely, strange little girl thought she could just go out and do whatever she wanted? I don't get on good with little girls. I do arsonists, murderers, and state prosecutors. Little girls give me the creeps. The only number left in the state of Georgia is zero. And that's sweet. Perfectly appropriate. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. And we can see each other again. And uh, we're here to talk about the movie Troop Zero from just last year. Although this year feels like it's been several years long. True story. Uh, this was just, just 2019, a, 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 an Amazon Prime exclusive. Uh Iceland, you chose this movie. Tell us your history with Troop Zero and how we came to be speaking about it today. Um, well, I was at a meeting, uh, of which I, I go to a lot of meetings, um, and a couple of uh, grown-up ladies had watched it the night before, and really, they were chuckling about something, but they weren't like they were both just chuckling. They weren't saying what the joke was. Um, and they just said that they really enjoyed it. And then I looked at the cast list and saw Viola Davis and Allison Janney. Hello. Two of my faves. And what appeared to be a band of misfits, which is also Indeed. right in my wheelhouse. And so I thought in an era where um, we're hopefully not going to the theater at the moment, um, why not something that's new, but also uh, at home delivery? So I thought, why not? It's only 98 minutes. <laughs> and I, I hope that was an okay choice. We've certainly done worse on this podcast. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I watched it just this week for the first time, um, mm -hmm. enjoyed it. And uh, but it made me think of a lot of other movies, which mm -hmm. we might get into a little bit. Tobin, what is your history with Troop Zero? I had not heard of it until you mentioned it last month uh, as a possible movie for us to do. And I had not seen it until two nights ago when I began watching it. And uh, I'm kind of um, surprised I hadn't heard of it, given that there are a lot of people in this movie. And um, uh that I knew and that I, it feels like, and it feels like maybe um, given that we have done things like Dumplin' on here, which I re recognize right. is Netflix, but I feel like the Amazon algorithm should be good enough to know that and to have like popped this into my feed, you know, like sure. it, it feels like something should, they should have been trying to sell me earlier. Hmm. Um, and so that I was kind of surprised it had not crossed my radar. I think your algorithm is maybe because of all the different podcasts you participate in <laughs> and also having kids who I yes. know have their own Amazon 
paths, but still, yeah. I wonder if your algorithm has been compromised. That's true. It's one great way to screw up the algorithm is to add kids and then do a whole bunch of uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Nicolas Cage podcast. Kind of like when I listened to the first Rob Lowe book. Uh-huh. Remember when everyone loved that first Rob Lowe book? That was yes. a moment in time. You introduced um, us all to that book. I did? Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but in in listening to it, there were a number of f- early films of his that I had not been aware of because of my young age at the time. <laughs> and, uh, and so I looked some of them up whilst reading the book. And so then the next time I turned on my TV and I yeah. just newly integrated Netflix into the TV, yeah, um, it was, you know, continue watching new releases and then um, <laughs> steamy <Wow>. romances <laughs> or something like it put it put uh, dirty 80s movies as a whole yes. category in my in my well, Netflix. So it's like it's on brand. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the joys of AI. Indeed. Tobin, you mentioned that this film is new. Mm. Um, Could we have some modern history of this film, please? Sure. So the the movie Troop Zero is uh, based on a play by also the writer of the film, uh, Lucy Alabar. Excuse me, Lucy Alabar. And the play is called Christmas and Jubilee Behold the Meteor. and the most interesting thing about that to me is that when I typed meteor, I thought that can't be how you spell that. <laughs> have, have you ever written meteor? It looks so weird. Oh. Um, but yeah. It does M-E-T-E-O-R, look weird. E-T-E-O-R. Right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, the other bit of industry is that the, the, the directing duo, Bert and Bertie, um, began collaborating as directors in 2005. They made mostly commercials and music videos. I guess they made a feature-length thing for YouTube Red. Um, and the producer of this movie, Todd Black, uh, didn't want to um, take a chance on first-time filmmakers making this movie because the tone, he thought, was so tricky. Um, and Agreed. And so they lobbied really hard for it. And eventually, uh, on the strength of their previous work, and their, um, you know, pitch for how they would integrate sort of magical realism into the movie. They uh, won the, the right to, won the, you know, job to make the movie. So that's how the movie kind of came together. Aislinn, speaking of all these powerful women in, in charge of this movie, can you take us through women involved in major roles in Troop Zero? I would love to. I have a quick clarification question. Sorry, Sure. What is YouTube Red, and is it dirty? Wow, um, I'm I'm so happy to be able to tell you about these things. And generally, it's the younger folks uh, explaining these things to me. Um, YouTube Red is the is the premium YouTube service, the paid YouTube service. Mm-hmm. It's where you can find. I think the most notable thing on it is the Jada Pinkett Smith um, talk show, Red Table Talks. Gotcha. Um, hence, 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 Red. Uh, and, um, so yeah, it's their premium pay for, uh, streaming service. I think, is that where, um, Cobra Kai first was, or I may be wrong about that. The sequel series to, um, Friday Kid with the original cast. Clearly I am not up on my (laughs) YouTube. And I'm probably wrong. It probably wasn't there, but anyway, that's what it is. Yeah. Thank you. Not dirty. I mean, some of them might be, I've never subscribed, so I can't tell you. But not exclusively dirty. Okay. 
Um, speaking of exclusively dirty. No, just kidding. <laughs> speaking of awesome women, let's name them. Here I go. Directors, Bert and Birdie. Actors, McKenna Grace, Viola Davis, Allison Janney, Milan Ray, Joanna Colon, Bella Higginbotham, Ashley Brooke, Kai Entour, and Edie Patterson. Writer, Lucy Alibar. Producers, Kate Churchill, Jenny Hinky, and Joyce San Pedro. Editing, Catherine Haight. Casting, Lindsey Graham and Mary Vernu. I'm assuming it's not uh, the Senator Lindsey Graham. Probably, right? probably not. <laughs> uh, production design, Laura Fox. Set decoration, Monique Champagne. Costume design, Caroline Esselin. Excellent. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Tobin, what is this movie about? Okay, so this is thrown, so thrown together, I didn't reread it. So bear with me here. Uh, a ragtag band of misfit girls in rural 1977 Georgia come together to form a birdie scout troop in order to compete in a talent show for the chance to record a message for NASA that will be sent out into the universe in hopes of finding signs of intelligent life. Led by spunky outcast Christmas Flint, played by former Disney star McKenna Grace, and with the help of Miss Raylene, played by the incomparable Viola Davis, her father's tough as, na- her father's tough, tough as nails paralegal, the thrown together group goes up against the mean girls and even and their even meaner troop mother slash principal Miss Massey, played with sugary tartness by Alice and Janney. Although the girls may not win the prize, everyone learns a lot about their own worth and the strength it takes to find your place in the vast and brilliant universe. Aww. Oh, that's very sweet. We got we got somewhere with it. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Thanks. I agree that tonally, this is a hard needle to thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times where it sort of lost me. Mm-hmm. And then I think in like the biggest point where it lost me, it did get me back. Oh, interesting. Okay. Let's begin with Christmas mm-hmm. and her family. So okay. our McKenna Grace, who I get is famous. I just have not watched mm-hmm. a lot of things with her in it. So it's a familiar face, but it was fun to see her um, lead the lead the charge. Um, mm-hmm. So we know from the beginning that her mother has passed away mm-hmm. and um, her dad is a small town lawyer who never gets paid. The defense attorney for a lot of guilty people who never pay him. <laughs> um, and as you said, Viola Davis uh, works for him and ends up doing some caregiving, but doesn't seem to be officially. That's not in her role necessarily. Right. Um, right. And I think that's part of my trouble a little bit I had with the Viola Davis character in that love Viola Davis. She was great. She was doing all her Viola Davis things. And can I say <laughs> the clothes hang beautifully yeah. on her from 1977. Yes. Yep. Loved it. Yeah. But does she, does she care deeply about this family? 
did she have a relationship with the mom? Does she have a relationship with the dad? Is was her arrest for vandalism the reason she didn't go to law school? Or I mean, and certainly yeah. there would be many reasons and all compounded and and you know, I don't we don't need to um you know think too hard about the various barriers and, and blocks to her path. But in like an in maybe a narrative sense, it wasn't clear to me right. what she wanted, what she didn't want, and how she was gonna get there. And that yes. that was tough. But she did I still enjoyed watching her. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, she, the, she she's very good. But I agree there's the, a lack of linearity kind of in her storyline. Like what, there's a moment in the movie where she says, I'm going to go to law school and like mm-hmm. march away from the, the troop. And I'm like, what? I, I, really? Like, I mean, yeah, OK, I get it. And like, I believe her. Like, I, right. I'm going to get out of her way, you know, but it didn't feel like that was the choice. Why at that moment did she feel like that was suddenly a choice that she had that she hadn't had earlier? And then, right. and, and then they, they try and kind of retcon it. Place it. it felt like there was just kind of... It, um, I wonder if maybe in stretching from a play into a film mm-hmm. and getting Viola Davis to play the part, they're like, okay, we need to do something to this character to add mm-hmm. some things for there to be more need to play right. to play to Viola Davis's strengths or whatever. And then it just wasn't quite knit into the fabric of the movie. Mm-hmm. That was, I, I, you've sort of, you know, um, sculpted that for me. I hadn't quite figured out what that was. And I don't know. I, I, I had that same feeling about yeah. her. Yeah. About the character. About the character, yeah. Yeah. Or I wonder if it was presented at the beginning of like, okay, got six more months before I leave. Like if if the if the top watches started from the beginning, because then, like you say, they sort of try to rearrange our priorities at the end, and then this whole thing that's been about basically a message to her mother via NASA's um, golden record. Yeah. Then she says, well, if we win, you'll stay with me. Yeah. And that to me was like, wait, we've all changed. Yeah, totally. Ah, totally. Ah. And so right. that, right. that was tough. Um, but I did. Yeah. I loved Viola. It's so strange for me to see someone smoking constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> in a movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. weird. Totally. Um, and then the other, uh, impressive actor involved is Alison Janney, who is always so much fun to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. I think both Viola and Alison had all the choices already in their backpacks. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I mean, these are, this is a hairstyle I've seen on her. This is a Chrissy. An accent we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. something that they do well and is enjoyable to watch that was the other part that kind of didn't i wasn't uh i wish they had uh the i wish there was a clearer line again maybe this linearity with Mm -hmm. allison janney in term character in terms of is she irredeemable right yeah is she nice underneath Right. Does she expect her girls to 
play fair or not. I was mm-hmm. waiting for some accountability for the like for real bullying and harassment that was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there wasn't. Then we see Christmas being the bigger person and and shaking hands with the principal, which I think it just also showed like the pettiness of she was on the same wavelength as the as the girls <laughs> this mm-hmm. woman was. Yep. But so, then they share a smoke in there. She and she's Viola Davis, not not her. <laughs> no, girl. but that would have been great too. But you know, it's just like where where did that come from? Right, because they were friends before. I guess were they fighting over the same man, which would be difficult for me. So yeah, it was like the movie wanted me to know more, and yeah. I think I would have been better off knowing less. Yeah, good of call. their backstory. Good call. I, I I think my favorite parts of the movie were the scenes that Viola Davis and Alice Jenny have together, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily because I'm getting the context but because right. i just like these two actors playing off one another like they're as you said locked into these characters and there's this thing that um what is it that allison jenny says she has this line where fooling fooling or is that what it's oh like? yeah i'm just playing i'm just playing just playing just playing <laughs> whenever she says something really mean or yeah and then she'll she'll you know it's the just kidding you know yeah. of 1977 wiggly georgia um wiggly and, I, and, georgia. I, and i and i think that that i like their dynamic Mm-hmm. Um, this is their, uh, <laughs> I only knew this because it was in the, uh, some trivia I was reading to get ready for the show. Not because I, because I try and forget this movie, but they were both in the help together. This is their reunion from the help. Right. And, right? and Viola Davis has a similar, has some similar dialogue with children in that, you know, like right. you said, this is, they're locked in to this, um, Hey, I would watch this again a hundred times before I would watch The Help again. Absolutely. That's why I say I try not to remember as much of that movie as I can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's one of the things that in the I, I, when I finished this movie, I still didn't quite know what to think about it. Right. I, kind of, I enjoyed moments of watching it, but parts of it didn't, as we were saying, didn't quite hang together. And I'm not sold on the lead performance in the movie. Uh, again, maybe because she has to sort of go up against these other two actors who yeah. are, you know. So I, so I went online to sort of see what the read some of the reviews, and the consensus seemed to be that it was, oh, it felt like a lot of movies people had seen before, done kind of charmingly, and I think that's probably what the movie is. Like it's a lot of things you've seen before, and it's, you know, but it's sort of charming in a number of ways. The whole time I was thinking. Um. Oh, I want to watch Win Dixie. <laughs> right, right. Which you know, our our is our, our mother is a big fan of the book and the film, and used it in elementary school. I think mm-hmm. in a in a great way. Um, and so it has been part of my life, and is not always one that I'm in the mood for. Sure. You know that I mm-hmm. I don't know if I dog stuff. You know, so close to my heart is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it. You know, spoiler alert for people, the dog's okay in the movie because I wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. You would never have watched it otherwise. But, um, you know, a feisty blonde girl mm-hmm. who's lost her mother in a ragtag southern yeah. dusty situation. Very right. similar. Yeah. Um, and so it made me, I would agree with the reviews I haven't read 
that there is familiarity to it. And I think that adds to the charm. I think mm-hmm. there is some charm on its own, mm-hmm. yeah. but without those kind of um, familiar pieces, yeah. I don't know if it would be as charming. Um, I do want to talk about the other kids though, because yeah. I think yeah. they're great. Do you have yeah. a favorite member of Troop Zero, Tobin? You know, so what a good question. The, the one that comes to mind I forget her name. Is it Smash or whatever the, yeah. the one? Smash, who always has gloves on. Always rarely speaks and <laughs> like smashes things and growls and stuff. I I, I, find, I find I could watch her movie for sure. What about yeah. you? Do you have a favorite? That was great. Um, I loved her. I, I really did um, love Hell No. <laughs> and the yes. way that that was presented. Um. And that it was, it wasn't that, again, it's kind of a familiar story of the, somebody who pushes everyone away mm-hmm, for their own protection, mm-hmm. but is kind hearted and, and, and sensitive. However, it really did kind of make you work for it a little bit. You know, she wasn't a, a likable character, totally. um, but from the beginning, and I think what some of the others lacked is there was a... <laughs> Speaking of things our mother loves, there was an integrity to what she was doing, even when she was, you know, stealing things or whatever kind of uh, vigilante policing. Whenever we saw her, she was on like the right side of whatever was going on and um, wouldn't stand for kind of some of the BS that even these older girls Mm -hmm. um, were throwing at them. And Mm -hmm. and so if if in our band of misfits there's kind of something from everyone that is desirable, I think that would be a characteristic that they could all benefit from a little bit more. Um, so I, re- I really like Helen now. And then um, Anne Claire. Yes, with the, the, one, the eye patch girl. I liked she, her more than I thought I would. Me too, me too. It felt like it was going to be just like a joke, like kind of a one-off right. thing. Oh, here's the girl with the eye patch. But right, the, like yeah. other, but like the other evangelist who can't, who doesn't talk to strangers. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, that was yes. great. So it's those moments that I really liked. And so I don't know as a play or maybe as a book um, how it might be different. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had, then there was Joseph was a birdie. Yeah. And that was interesting again mm-hmm. thinking 1977 mm-hmm. so a different time mm-hmm. folks certainly had um opinions or arguments about it because can a boy be in at this and what was what i thought was interesting in the way it was presented was that so many people around this kid mm-hmm. commented that it was part boy part girl half boy half yeah. kind of that and yep. so if we're thinking 1977 maybe we don't have as widely understood an idea of a continuum totally. or fluidity totally. or no dialogue you know, identity versus yeah. expression any of that kind of stuff right that acknowledgement was still something mm-hmm. i think yeah. um yeah. and and i it, the it was really sweet and heartbreaking in the way that in one situation, you know, Christmas wasn't able to defend him mm. in the way that we all know 
she should have. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she had to come back around and apologize. And then they mm-hmm. did and they moved forward. So I, the um, kind of lessons of it mm-hmm. did work for me. I, mm-hmm. I think it that could have been sappier. It could mm-hmm. have been a bigger part. They could have brought in the dad in this way. Um, but I, I found it lovely in the conclusion of it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. he's, he plays the D- David Bowie in there, <laughs> yeah. in their performance. He's created the dance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was waiting all day to see that dance, right? <laughs> if, if Little Miss Sunshine taught me anything, it yeah, taught yeah. me hold out for the dance. Totally. Um, and then the, his family was right there. So I, yep. I think it was, um, lovely in its quiet, I mean, acceptance is not the word I want, but acknowledgement mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, there is something different here and there is something beautiful here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the, also that the way that the character was written and, and performed, it was, it wasn't a question for him. Right. Really. Like he's just him in yeah. whatever way. You're, you're sparkly friend. Yes. Yes. And that, and that, that wasn't the, you know, that didn't have to drag it down into some kind of issue. Right issue drama that way which would be fine but a different movie would have just it would have yeah. just tipped the tone i think in this movie um and so he's just you know um proud to be here like he's him yeah. it just is him and then the yeah. rest of the world kind of adapts around that and that's i think that's yeah. handled well yeah i did really like it when we got to that jubilee at the end and i don't we can i don't think we have to go into exactly all how they got there um but they get there and everyone's performing and this is a moment where i think some movies would then have like a real high-end dance team in Uh there yeah totally what i enjoyed was that each troupe had a modest offering of a different kind some better than others (laughs) so that when our group comes in yes this is weird and out of the box but not better or worse talent wise right totally uh, i think with the troop five whatever number troop the allison janney's troop was you know obviously they have resources they have matching costumes they have tap shoes they have this and that mm-hmm. but they were still kids yeah kind of right. dressed up and so right. i i'm glad they did it that way um i love the nerdy nasa guy <laughs> yes. um and i guess the where, where it lost me was i thought that he was going to like stop the show and give them the award anyway yeah yeah um so when that didn't happen i was like what are we all doing here but then <laughs> that he shows up with them and records yeah. them anyway like that made it better yeah. um 1977 neither of us was there no um, how much backstory information do you have about that kind of historical moment? Very little. Okay. Same. Except, except that this golden record thing was a real thing. Yeah. And I know that from a drunk history episode. Oh, well, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Cite your sources. Drunk history. <laughs> well, um, drunk history. Yeah. One, one thing that's interesting in, in thinking about how you do a period piece especially from the South, well, or even today, quite frankly, but it's particularly a period piece, um, is how you, I thought the movie did a nice job in, um, uh, there was a a lot of different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. 
from different kinds of backgrounds, socioeconomic, um, um, ethnic backgrounds. I mean, the the the, the NASA guy is is Indian American. Uh, mm. Presents as Indian American. I'm, I'm yeah. making some assumptions there. They don't, they don't ever say it out loud. But that the, the movie is able to acknowledge that there are a lot of different kinds of people mm-hmm. in 1977. That could be 1977 Wiggly, Georgia, right. um, and that there uh, that the that the um, play that the uh, issues that people have with one another. S- some of it has to do with uh, there are systems of all kinds have created the sort of stratification of society, right? So mm-hmm. it's not just race, but race is a right. factor. It's not Absolutely. just socioeconomic class, but that is a factor. We, it's we, not we just... might even call that out as intersectionality. I mean, oh, <laughs> what might say? <laughs> acknowledging the various levels and at any point, there are aspects of of each of these characters that have and are are able to wield for better or for worse privilege and mm-hmm. oppression at the same time, which is true mm-hmm. of um, everyone <laughs> to different extents. And I think that's right. that is what is tough because then you have someone saying, "Well, I have never had this experience or this problem," and that that becomes evidence in some way. Mm-hmm. Where without your exact kind of set of coordinates mm-hmm. of course you haven't right you've had another set of things right right. Um, right and so i hadn't put that together thank you for that <laughs> well i think it's, it's one of the interesting things because structurally the movie in some ways it's very clear they have to get the troop together they have to figure out how to get to the to the what they need to enter the jubilee they have to get to the jubilee and do their performance to try and get the net like that that's a pretty straightforward thing yeah but the movie itself is much looser like it, it, it meanders. You'll follow a character. It'll go mm-hmm. down a a, a, a a subplot with somebody, um, and and it's not necessarily that things aren't wrapped up because it does have the wrap up feeling at the end. Like there is mm-hmm. maybe a little too much healing among people in the end, just a little bit. Sure. Um, uh, but um, but there's a but the, but the structure is is loose enough that. Um, while the downside of that might be that we don't fully understand the Viola Davis character and her history with the Alice and Janet character, it does allow for there not to be just one thing mm. that happened to them that they're fighting against that they're, sure. you know, and so, and so in some ways there's more, maybe more reality in that. Well, at the same time, the movie is asking us to sort of believe a little bit in a little bit more of kind of human magic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to right. say it, but there, there's, there's that magical realism, you know, waft to the thing uh you know is sort of balanced against that and i yeah so I, I i'm not making a lot of sense i guess only to say that it's it's maybe the two sides of the same coin is that you get mm-hmm. to have a more sort of broad scope look at these characters and where they come from and a, and a little bit less of a more traditional movie understanding of mm-hmm. who they are in relation to one another and then maybe you give on one to get the other what i i feel like that's true and and i would point to it being a play as part of that mm-hmm. and, and right. yeah. mm-hmm. i have not seen a lot of straight plays I'm much more into a musical but um it seems my tell so tell me where i'm wrong but it seems like that's much more um you go in you sit down and then we open a book in a particular place mm-hmm. not necessarily chapter one and you see this part this thing whatever it is mm-hmm. they're trying to convey versus right, right. 
I think more often in a movie, it's here's the background and here's the thing. And here's our goal. Like it's yeah, yeah. the, I don't know if the scope or the way it's built is different. And so mm-hmm. yeah, maybe some of that is the origin of it being a play or I'm just wrong. No, I think you're right. And I do think there are hiccups in bringing that then to screen where you do lose a little clarity in a way that I, I, I think you, I think it could have cinched down a little bit more the relationship between Bio Davis and Alice and Jamie and not lost the other stuff, right. I guess. I, but, sure. but, but who knows? There's some give and take there. I understand that. Or Jim Gaffigan, right? Are we protecting <laughs> yeah. him? Right, right. Uh, is he, is this how he's always been? Is he working in this way because of his grief? Is everyone telling both of them not to talk about the mom? They both right. seem to have that, but has that, you know, I just, um, Jim Gaffigan was having a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. He was chewing up everything he could find and, and good, good for him. Uh-huh. Um, but I also didn't know what, I didn't know how much I should care. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I didn't know if he was meant to be a good dad or not. Mm-hmm. And maybe that right. doesn't matter. Um, and I know it's not that simple, but um, the, something that I think did work for me was the scene where they um, like all the misfits and their families seem to um, march up to Alice and Janney's house. Yeah. We're, we're coming back. We're going to do this. And then she says, Oh, well, didn't you know there's $500 entry fee or something that like never came up before, right, um, right. which is, it seems insurmountable, right? You can look at these people that do not have any, additional funds for this thing and she knows that um but then everyone who may have owed him something in the past sort of all starts to um one by one offer up what they can and the way that allison janney plays that i think is really great because she's that was her card that was her um I'm going to shut you down. If nothing else shuts you down, this will shut you down. And then these stupid people and their stupid hope and and community, which is what the whole group was meant to be about. Like what is, what is Christmas say? She quotes the book when she asks Raylene, like lead us into not lead us into the new century, but like lead us, you know what I mean? Like the the mother bear, whatever leads the, the birdies to. (laughs) Yeah whatever um and then i don't know if you could hear so at the jubilee then they all they don't win they leave the tent um then they were like singing the birdie song Mm -hmm. i don't know if you i had subtitles on no i Um, I didn't catch all the words no and so it's kind of everything so we we meet a an administrator of the birdies who looks like parker posey but isn't She's in an HBO show with uh, um, she's the one about the evangelists with John Goodman and oh uh, yeah okay she's, she's the sister yeah oh, she's fun. really funny yeah um she I think she's the one that objects most to any of the our misfit shenanigans mm-hmm. um the song the birdie song is very much in line with her perspective just mm-hmm. sorry that was a long way to say that but um it includes like we pity the weak. We something something like it, it starts off like oh empowering in this, and then just becomes garbage. Oh um, my god! And that was pretty. I thought that was cute. I don't know. I don't know. 
the Jim Gaffigan character to me feels a little bit more like an assemblage of quirks than a character. Thank you. Yes. And I don't know how much of that was the way it's written and how much of that was Jim Gaffigan going off leash and, you know, not being able to find his pants, picking a toupee and finding a dog that like was in the wardrobe trailer or whatever, like bringing it on set. Okay, but that's it, right? There's so much about this dog. Then they go to this Jubilee. Where's the damn dog? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Don't show me a dog in scene one and then. Abandon it. No end. <laughs> Chekhov's, um, Chekhov's dog never exactly. barks in this movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, for an at-home watch in a service that I already pay for, um, <laughs> that I've already watched enough old yeah. seasons of Drag Race on to yeah. get my annual money's worth, yep. it was it was delightful. If this is what happens when movie theaters have to charge $20 a ticket or whatever, and so half they can only show movies that are huge, and then all the movies that we would used to go to the dollar theater to see, or that when movies were three bucks on a weekend matinee, I'd have paid three bucks to go to see this in the theater in 1994 really? or whatever. Um, if that, if now these movies, I, I'm glad these movies still find a place to live. I could see this movie being like a sleepover movie or, mm. you know, like if you saw this at the right time at the, in your life, at the right age, this might be a movie that you would, this might be your camp nowhere, yes. right? This might be your empire records. This might be your stand by me. It was a bigger hit, I guess, but like a thing of coming in. Of I like the movies. first two were Iceland movies. Well, those are and, yours, then, <laughs> and, and then you had to make one for the general public. <laughs> I don't know. I see a lot. Maybe it's the people I follow on Twitter, but I see a lot of love for Empire Records on on Twitter. Right? Classic, classic. Yeah. But but you know what I mean. Like this, this feels like that kind of a. We would have gone to rent this movie um, every third weekend. Sure, it could be a, for a, a miscongeniality. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. And, and so and so, I'm glad these movies still get made and that they and that you can find them and that and that they don't have to satisfy a, a theatrical audience. That's what allows a charming a small charming movie <laughs> like to still get made today yeah. with two academy award-winning actors in it i mean you know um and a comedian who has performed for the pope <laughs> he's performed for the pope yeah <laughs> wow because okay. he's he's very i don't know like well because he has a bunch of kids openly right? catholic right to, and yeah. um yeah, proudly Catholic and can be a clean comedian anyway. Yes, he prefers wow. it. Well, okay, fascinating. Um, McKenna Grace, the other um, reunion in this movie, apparently she's in I, Tanya with yes. Alice Channing, which I, that must be a connection for her getting her in this movie too, I would I would guess. Um, because yeah, of likely. You know, their, their time together. But who knows? Who knows indeed. Cute. Cute. Charming. And charming. Speaking of things that are cute and charming, do you want to play a game? Yes, please. Okay. So, as we discussed, uh, in this film, they have they want to go to the Jubilee. And in order to... I'm opening my Word document. In order to go to the Jubilee, they all have to have a merit badge. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so we have that's some of the some of what we see is them figuring out what um, what merit badges they're going to right. the hijinks in the middle of the movie. Who can earn what badge? Thank you. And they 
are have uh Alice and Janney only gives them like the leftovers. So your um you know, stargazing and sock darning had already been taken. And so <laughs> yes, they're, so they're we wilderness are, survival. Um, yes. We're made yeah. to understand that it's like bottom of the barrel badges. Right. Um, so that made me think a little bit. <laughs> um, this game is called emeritus badges. <laughs> I have a list of Girl Scout badges that have been retired. Oh, real like real retired Girl Scout badges. Well, that is the question. Some oh. of them are retired Girl Scout badges. Some okay. of them are Girl Scout badges that I made up. Okay. okay. And you have to tell me if the one I when I describe one, if it's uh, a real one or not. Now, let's okay. keep this in mind. I did not research what current badges are. Okay. So my list of what is real or made up is based on what has been retired. Okay. So it's possible you've made up one that actually exists. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, you know, come at me on Twitter. I don't care. Okay. All right. So I will say the name of the badge and then just a small phrase about it, as was listed in this article of um, retired badges. Okay. Great. So uh, number one. Pen pal, teaching young people to enjoy the the joy of correspondence using the United States Postal Service. Pen pal. I'm going to say retired badge. Correct. Thanks, Yay. All right. Next up, ant farming, teaching community compassion and caregiving. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say retired Girl Scout badge. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, rabbit raising, pigeon raising, various, but no ant farming. Oh, man. Okay. I thought that was just weird enough to be real. I, I hope the point of the game. Okay. Number three, magic carpet, a storytelling and creativity based badge. Um, I'm going to say you made that one up. That one is real. Oh, man. It's harder to do this when we can see each other. I know, I know. (laughs) All right, number four. Chill of all traits. A catch-all badge for curious and quick learners. Okay, that has to be a real badge. Retired badge. I made it. No, you made that one. That's a good one. That you that that had the ring of authenticity to it. Thank you. I did base it on a badge, but it didn't have a blurb. So there was a retired badge called the Dabbler. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Number five, puppeteer. Ventriloquism used to be big in the Girl Scouts. That's got to be one you made up. No, that's real. Oh, jeez. And the blurb said ventriloquism <laughs> was big in the Girl Scouts. Wow. Okay. I okay. could have found a way to put that in this movie. Oh, my God. Yes. That's, that's the one quirk they were missing. It is. All right. Hostess. How to serve afternoon tea to a room of distinguished guests. The that's hostess you, badge. That's one you made up. No, that's real. Oh, geez. Oh, God. The Girl Scouts okay. have been around since like 1912. There's a lot of. See, I'm being thrown now watching you. I got to not watch ah, you. I got to just, okay. just listen. There's two more. Okay. Cosmetology. 
how to apply makeup to accentuate features while remaining ladylike. That's when you made up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. There was one called good grooming though. So. <laughs> and finally, train riding. While Boy Scouts had a tramping badge, in quotes, that encouraged them to experience life on the rails, Girl Scouts were encouraged to practice, encouraged practicing dignified travel. Train riding. I'm going to say when you made up. I did make it up. Yeah. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> I just really wanted to say tramping. That's a good idea. That was hard. That was hard to do. That was a hard one. But that, yeah, that's good. I'm impressed that you made that one up. I really wanted to include nut culture, which <laughs> is a badge that has been discontinued for both Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. I don't doubt that a bit. <laughs> but I figured that would be too tough. Tobin, nice work. You got three points. Woohoo! How many I, did I lose? I, uh, five points. Okay, <laughs> so not a good I hope ratio. Our, um, <laughs> friends and listeners played along. Let us know how many badges you got um, in our emeritus badge game. <laughs> oh, thanks for that game, Aslan. That was great. Hey, thanks for playing. I don't know how you do it. I that's all I can do is write the outline. Like all I can do is it's <laughs> like you have to be creative on top of it. So now's the point in our podcast where we decide if this movie is progressive or regressive. Is Troop Zero a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Aislin, what say you? This is a great question, Tobin. I thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Although there are a lot of aspects of this um, film that, as we mentioned, feel familiar or maybe not as innovative in ideas or uh, in, in what they're bringing, mm-hmm. I do think the pieces, like we talked about, um, the way that Joseph character is presented and dealt with the... Um, the the way that they incorporate some intersectionality ideas to not uh, choose one aspect of identity to base everyone's um, story on, etc. Um, and just there are so many awesome women involved in this. I'm going to say progressive. Um, is it the farthest on the progressive that we've ever done? No, probably not. But I'm glad this is in the world. I'm glad um, this is the first co-directed, right? We did the Wachowskis. Uh, oh, correct. We did the Wachowskis. Gotcha. But it was um, beef- well, anyway. But yes, we did the Wachowskis. But it's the it's the second. Yes, um, and not something I I don't I I'm not familiar with very many nope. directing duos, especially um, ones that aren't siblings. Right. And most of the ones that we know are siblings. In any case, Tobin, what say you? Uh, I agree. I think this movie is a step forward. I think that it foregrounds the uh, women's perspectives, uh, f- sort of a, several ages in this movie, kind of, uh, and and backgrounds the male point of view in a way that I think is refreshing for this kind of material for for a coming of age story. And I think that the the movie doesn't look down on those experiences that these women are having. It's, it's invested in them in a way that I think is, uh, is, is, uh, is fresh. And so uh, I, I, I think it's progressive. 
Aislinn, what crazy thing are we going to do next? I am so excited to tell you all about it, Tobin. So our July film, our official July film coming out July 28th, will be Portrait of a Lady from 1996. And Nicole Kidman and our our favorite and least favorite Welshman, Christian Bale, will get into it. Okay. Okay. We will get into it. I love the 90s. I loved Christian Bale in the 90s. I'm here for it. But before that, Tobin, we have a special episode coming. A very special episode of Blossom coming July 14th. We're going to break with tradition. Whoa. What are we going to do? What are we going to (laughs) do? Drum roll. We're going to have um, one of our very favorite guests back. And we are going to do... Reign of Fire. You don't say. The I Dragon like, oh. <laughs> movie with Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. We can do this easy. Or we can do it real easy. You try it. <laughs> Not directed by a woman. Nope. Not starring a woman. Nope. I think one of the dragons <laughs> is female. <laughs> And she has a perspective. If she does, we will find it. We um, will find it. So we're, we're pegging this off of the Christian Bale hook, right? This is our... This was a text chain that went awry, <laughs> and we just leaned in. <laughs> Who would have thought that the first movie that didn't fit our mold that we do, that we do would be Reign of Fire? <laughs> Not me. That's not the one I would have thought. <laughs> but are you excited for it? I am very excited. Me too. <laughs> I, I would mention while we're here that portrait, the Portrait of a Lady is the, um, as you said, the Jane Campion movie from 1996, not uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is which we will do someday because is new and amazing. Um, this also is amazing, uh, but a different movie. Uh, Portrait of a Lady is available to stream at the moment that we record this. I guess I, I haven't looked at when it's going off, but it's on Amazon Prime uh, for for free if you pay for Amazon Prime. Um, Rain of Fire, you will have to rent. It's not streaming anywhere. Um, so, or you can find really uh, cheap used DVD copies, which is how I uh, how I collected mine. Uh, yeah, Mom, you can borrow Tobin's. Yeah, I'll, I'll loan you mine. Yeah. And <laughs> our dad doesn't have to watch it necessarily because we saw it with him in the theater. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of movies you go to at the Dollar Theater, we not really, but it was a it was cheap. Yeah, wasn't it was it? At the six for yeah. sure. Yeah. Love it. Well, well I can't um, wait. Folks, yes, this is a summer, um, summer fun. We know that there is a lot going on and it's all very serious and important, and we hope that you're all engaged in it. And also it's important to take a break and um, enjoy things you enjoy. It helps fuel um, all the work that we're all doing. So right. keep it up and also take a breath and enjoy. And hopefully we can be part of that joy. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Tobin, if people want to know what you're infuriated about today, <laughs> where can they find you? They could find me ranting about masks and other things on uh, Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word. What about you, Aslan? Where can people find you? You can find me um, 
avoiding some of those tough conversations and posting cute pictures of dogs on Twitter at SassyNerdMT. I think on my Facebook, I share more of the serious stuff. I just don't feel confident in my Twitter skills, Mm. Um, but I'm working on it. And again, listeners, if you're in need of masks, um, because we are a pro-mask podcast, I'm happy to sew them and send them to you. So just um, let me know and I can do it. Service to everyone. Tobin has a whole series coming for the fall. Woohoo! <laughs> Classroom masks, baby. Yes. All right. The next line is mine. Yes. You can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Tobin Addington. I'm Aislinn Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Recording. Recording. (laughs) Only 45 minutes late. Set design. Monique Champagne. It looks like champagne with an R in it. (laughs) Let me look it up and see if I spelled it wrong. Oh, it's been quite a day. If this is... This was cast by Senator Lindsey Graham. It's easily the <laughs> coolest thing he's ever done. <laughs> that would make sense. The Jim Gaffigan of it all would make more sense. <laughs> um, let's see. Nope, you're right. Champagne. It's champagne. My bad. I know champagne. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go back. Excellent. You are frozen again, and we're just trying to finish this thing. Oh, man. You froze again. Oh, you're back. Sweet Lord. Okay. Frozen. Speaking of frozen. (laughs) That's all. I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. (laughs) Tobin, let's see you.